The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfi with Remax, the Golfi team. Welcome to the Golfi Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. It's another amazing Saturday in the city of Hamilton. And yes, it is another hour of talking real estate. And why not? Because it is still red hot here in the city of Hamilton. This is the Golfi Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. And yes, my name is Rick Zamprin. Pleased to be joined by Rob Golfi and Lou Tallarico, sales representatives with Remax's Skirtman Realty. The Golfie team head over to their website for the hottest listings in Hamilton, Burlington, Niagara, and surrounding area. RobGolfie.com is that website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. If you want to get your house sold and sold for top dollar, 905-575-7700 is the phone number to call. Again, 905-575-7700. If you're on social media this morning, you'll want to head over to the Golfie team's Instagram page, their Facebook account, head over to Twitter as well. Give them a like, give them a follow, and check out what they're doing today. And if you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea for a future show, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Rob, Lou, welcome back to the show. What's happening in real estate this week? Well, uh, one, I, I just want to say one thing. I had, I, I've gotten a letter from this one guy twice that wants to buy my office. Really? And uh, yeah, he want, like, yeah, he wants to buy my office. I, I, the first letter, I just kind of, I just pinned it up on my board. And I didn't do anything about it. Then he sends a second one, a little bit different. I'm not sure what this guy's coming from. I'm not sure what he's doing. But uh, I'm like, we, we are, we want to go into a bigger warehouse. Uh, office space. We need. Super we, need we, we, we we're. I'm calling it the super office because um, <laughs> it'll have our warehousing in it too. Wow. We're looking for something, but I wasn't sure if I was going to sell this place. I'd probably keep it because I, I I love this place. It's a, it's like a landmark. But um, I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. I got the letter, and I'm looking at it. I'm saying, well, you know what? If he gives me whatever, but I but I have no place to go. So that's why. Mm-hmm. I'm not, that's why I'm not even returning the phone call. So that's the uh, state of the union right now is that we would love to move is what we're hearing from our clients, uh, Lou. But uh, where are we going to go, Lou? Where are we going to go? What are we going to buy? Where are we going to move to? Everything is, there's not enough things to buy. And and that's the story of of the last two months, really, Rick. So the only people that are moving are the ones that have to move. That's right. it. Yeah. So there was one in Waterdown uh, the other the uh, on the weekend. We uh, I had a client to put in a, an offer. They were asking $1.7 million. And uh, we went at 1.8. I, my clients knew that it, it, they weren't going to get it, uh, but they just thought, let's just do it. You just never know. And uh, they had 10 offers. It sold for uh, $2,008,000 hmm. and 300000 over asking. It was wow. a beautiful house in Waterdown, gorgeous, detached, 2,800 square feet. And I, and I, I said to them, I go, it's going to go 1.9 to, you know, but I, I didn't expect it to go. Uh, two million eight thousand. So they 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 figured somebody else would probably go two million, and that's why they went the eight thousand more. The the two that I sold this month, there are two people or two couples that were moving out of town. They're both going actually out there, northern Ontario or out west. But a lot of people are moving out of the area, so those are the ones that we can definitely capitalize on, and they're going to capitalize on the hot market because they can sell and leave to a different market. So here's a story, Rick. You got to listen to the story. 
a house on the West Mountains listed at six ninety nine nine. Okay, it's not our listing. We uh, one of our agents representing the buyer. So he goes in, and and the buyer knows the seller. They know each other. The seller really wanted their buy this buyer to get it. So we kind of like had a little bit of an advantage. Thirty four offers. Thirty four offers on this house. The the our our client that went in. Nine nine hundred and fifty thousand. So they went in two hundred fifty thousand over asking. Can you believe that at two hundred fifty thousand over asking? Out of the thirty four offers, sixteen were above the nine fifty. <laughs> wow, sixteen wow. offers. So so the uh, agent goes. Listen, our client, our seller, really wants your buyer to have this house. Can you step it up just a little over a hundred thousand? <laughs> and uh, he's going what? <laughs> so anyway, they went up another uh, uh, fifty thousand. He still didn't get it. Yeah. Wow. They still didn't get it. sixteen offers over nine hundred fifty thousand. That tells you you got to be three hundred to three fifty, three hundred to three hundred fifty thousand to get a house that's listed at seven hundred thousand. That's insane. That's insane. It's insane. So there, there's another story I want to show you. So here's here's a story. About a family. No. <laughs> if you remember, you gave, it took a second for you to laugh for that, that one. That was the Brady Bunch. Was this a blended thing. family with three kids each? <laughs> yeah. So here's a story. Um, so my, my son uh, it was holding offers on this house, and, uh, and uh, there was 29 offers on this place, Rick. The highest offer, the highest offer was uh, – had this guy had the highest offer, but guess what? His offer had five thousand dollar deposit. No way. We went to the agent. Yeah, uh, we we went to the agent. Say, buddy, listen, we like we love for you to get this, but five thousand dollar deposit raises a lot of flags. That tells us this guy doesn't have the money to buy this house. Yeah. And we didn't go. We didn't go with his offer. Um. So he was actually uh, like like twenty thirty thousand dollars higher than the next best offer. This went up. The, the, it was, the asking price was five hundred forty nine. It sold for seven fifty eight. And uh, with a five thousand dollar deposit, there's a little no, bit of a red flag. There's no chance I would touch yeah, that. Yeah. Even if it's twenty thousand dollars more, there's no chance. No. That shows you a sign of weakness somewhere. So the agent obviously. You know, I don't know if, you know, maybe the guy couldn't afford it. Maybe he has money all tied up in equity. You got to be, you got to be careful. So those are the signs that you have to be careful uh, accepting an offer that you may end up not be able to close. These are like, I mean, you don't want to wipe out, there's 29 offers. You don't want to tell the other, wipe out the other 28, which were probably better qualified. So, so there's so much going on in in this market, uh, Rick, and inventory is at all time low. Like in Hamilton, proper Hamilton, not including Stony Creek, Ancaster, Dundas, and surrounding areas. Right now, there's only 113 listings in Hamilton, <laughs> including condos, townhouses, and everything. And 20 in Ancaster, which is ultimately really too low. Ancaster right now, uh, 20, yeah, 2022. And uh, Burlington, uh, 60. Only 60 listings. And in, in all of Niagara, 304. So that's uh, including all the way from Fort Erie to Niagara Falls, St. Catharines, all surrounding areas. So January, a lot of the times, is the start of the market starting to take, take, pick up some steam. And then, and then usually March, April is when it hits the, the, the peak. So, and I was looking at, at previous 
list, uh, previous years to see where the steam picked up. And some years it did pick up in March and April, like even higher. But I, I just can't see it going higher than it is now. But I, I mean, I mean, we said that last year. Yeah. Like we said that last year, but we're getting to a point where we're hitting the ceiling. The problem is there is a shortage. There's a shortage of homes. Even if the interest rates go up another 1%, I, I don't think it's going to slow it down. I don't think so. Back to the original need versus want. You say, you know, most people who are moving now need to move. For those who do want to move, um, do you recommend they sell their home first and then look to buy? Yeah, we've been doing both. Like, you know, with, with that situation, you have to be careful because obviously you don't want to leave someone homeless yeah. by suggesting they sell first. However, we are looking at trying to get people into plan B mode. Like, okay, so let's sell in the high right now. And then we anticipate a little slowdown in the, uh, in the late spring. So it's not that we can time everything, but it'd be ideal situation. You find a little short-term rental. You live with your parents live in their basement, just something short term with cash in your pocket. After you cash out, then you come out and buy uh, guns a blazing. So that's kind of the suggestion we're going with uh, in, in, in most funds. Yeah. If you've got a, a place to go, which is fantastic. Um, but here's the thing. So this place in Waterdown needed a July 15th closing. Okay. Six, that's a long time. So I had a client, I said to them, I go, guys, my clients had a townhouse in Waterdown. And I said to them, I go, look, you do, you need to buy and sell in the same market that in the same market, um, you don't want to end up buying now. And then four months down the road, sell the market can change. It could be better or it could, it, it could it taper off and, and, and taper down a bit. And I said, so you've got to be very careful. You got to think about it. So, and I said to them, if you buy this and you put your house on the market, you got to look at, well, if you close in three months, you're going to be three months you know, living someplace else, which is fine because you've got a place to go to, but it's two moves. But can, will your mortgage company, you know, uh, port your mortgage to the next location, your next house? Because I think they do it up to three months max. So you, you got to, there's, it, it is tough. If you, if you, if you own a house and you want to buy uh, and you look, you're not looking as strong as, because you have a place. If you sold, believe me, you are looking more <laughs> aggressively. You are like driving up and down streets to look for everything. But I, I it, it just depends. Get a long closing. If you're looking to sell, then buy. But be careful. Try to buy buy in the same market if you can. One other question regarding the, the 5K deposit on that home was listed for 549 It, it sold for 758 And this highest offer was 20 to 30 over the next highest asking price. With that 5K deposit, what's the lowest deposit you would even look at? Um, I, I, I think 20, 25,000. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even look at 10,000. There's some stuff that it just depends on the price point. But, um, if there was no other offer, you know what, even the 5K would worry me. Uh, like, you know what I mean? I just say, look, you, you know, like you got to put 5% or more down on the house. Right. So, I mean, so $5,000 you know, is not 5%. The issue with Rick is that come closing day, um, which could be a month or two months later, the buyers, for whatever reason, might get cold feet or whatever, right. and they may pull out because they can't get the financing or whatever reason. And then all of a sudden, their only risk is really $5,000 deposit. Maybe they're going to get sued and they'll have to deal with that. But at the end of the day, I don't think people are willing to walk away with 
from 20 or 25,000 or even even 100,000, yeah. Like like people yeah. lose 5,000 in the stock market just yesterday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so <laughs> that's uh, blue. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we definitely want to push those deposits higher, especially yeah. in this situation where we know we're in a hot market, a lot of offers, things can cool down, and so we got to we got to really make sure we get those deposits higher. It's a good point. When we return, we're going to chat a little bit about uh, urban sprawl and some new money for the city of Hamilton to help with the affordable housing crisis. That and more on tap here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprey. Pleased to be joined once again by Rob Golfie and Lou Tallarico, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. Online, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And follow the Golfie team on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Lots more to come here on the show, including evicting a tenant for personal use of your property. We'll dive into that, but let's dive into the urban sprawl issue. And there are suggestions that, you know, what the city of Hamilton is doing right now and looking at developing from within, looking at those brownfield and greenfield sites, those empty spaces is the way to go. Others say, you know what, maybe we should chew into a little bit of forest land or farmland to build outwards instead of upwards. Um, how do we go about doing the inward or the infill development and will this help the housing crisis? Um, I, I don't know if it'll help the crisis. I think, I think it, 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 I, I think you need to go outward a little bit and, and that's where the, what nobody wants to see uh, development because they don't want to see green space uh, develop. But, but you know what? If it's not happening now, it's going to happen 100 years from now, 200 years, or even 500 years from now. They have to go that way, especially the way uh, the development and immigration is going. So, um, I, I see a lot of the condos. I mean, being erected. Though that's the inward kind of direction that they've taken on right now. You see gas stations being demolished. You see now even churches being taken down. Uh, ultra, and, and they're putting up the condos. Those are the things that are happening right now to kind of develop the the core of the city and not go outside of that so much. So that seems to be what they're focusing on right now. They just approved that in the city a few months back saying, let's stick with the, with the green space protection. But you know, that, that could change. But the thing is the reason why uh, condos are selling because they're not going outward and, and it's cheaper to buy a condo right now than it is to buy a, a, a townhouse or a detached home. That's the first step for uh, either a single person or a young couple getting together, sharing, uh, you know, sharing in a, a condo. But but I'll tell you, most people would prefer rather go to a townhouse than go to a condo, unless they want to live downtown. Like in Toronto, it's a different story. But like here in in uh, in Hamilton, Burlington, I mean that's the only affordable way to start. So, like 
like the government is 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 a big piece of that, like uh, a big part of this crisis. I mean, because they want to develop more in 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 the core city, but there is nothing really to develop unless you go up. Well, people have no choices but to buy a condo, and after that, the next step is to go out. But it just yeah, they're not really thinking about the again the families that need to kind of buy a house for their their three four kids whatever it is two three kids. And those are the places that are going for way over asking because they're so limited and few and far between. What is our strategy to deal with that portion of the population and need a regular detached home or even a, a townhouse? Well, apparently, yeah, like they just got to they just got to approve the developers to develop. And I know they're trying to preserve, but it's just it's going to get to a point, and we're almost there where it's it's busting by the seams. And we need the developers to start, uh, start, they need approvals for land development. And that, that'll, that'll help quite a bit. Yeah, that, that's really the crux of the matter. And I know that the provincial government recently announced that, you know, new money would flow to municipalities to speed up the process. And some of that money will be used to hire staff within city halls across the province to, you know, cut through that red tape. There's about, according to some people, about 90,000 acres in Hamilton that is ready for development. At least it's it's owned by, at least most of it, owned by development companies to you know, build upon. Um, I'm not sure what the the holdup is. Maybe maybe it is that red tape. Maybe they'd rather build outwards. Uh, I, I remember reading a report out of the I think it was the University of Ottawa saying that building within as opposed to building outward is much cheaper uh, for developers. A and um, cities communities um, are able to tax that at a much higher rate. So yeah, I think the answer right now is to build up, whether it's those four, five, six story kind of condo buildings, uh, whether they're on you know the big big streets or the small streets in in town. Uh, building up before building out would be uh, would be my thumbs up. I think. Yeah, and and you know what, and and they try to build as high as they can. I think the tallest building in Hamilton is tw- is it twenty two story Century Twenty One building with with. Rick, yeah, I think it's around. 20? Yeah, around there. It's it's over twenty. And, and, they're, sure. they're, and they're trying to. And I think somebody was trying to get an approval for thirty three stories. You almost bought one. Uh, CH CH building that uh, is that 30, 30 stories, thirty three stories. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they approved mm-hmm. twenty eight or something like that. Yeah, but thirty four. Yeah, you'll you'll start seeing those coming up soon. They haven't they haven't built it yet, but they'll they'll start happening soon. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of funding and affordable housing, the federal government coming to the aid of the city of Hamilton earlier on this week by um, unleashing more than $20 million on three different affordable housing projects that is going to build 109 um, units for uh, people like uh, women, transgender community, non-binary uh, black Canadians, Indigenous um, peoples here in this community, uh, fantastic funding going to those units. But really, that's just to start. I mean, 109 affordable units is great, uh, but a lot more is needed, obviously. Yeah, a lot a lot more is needed. But it's a good start, and, and they're trying, which is a great thing, and they recognize that. And uh, I, I just hope it, it, they can continue and they've got the funding to ca- uh, continue these uh, purchases that they're doing. I was actually looking at the uh, purchase on, uh, what was it? Alca- uh, I'm, I'm going blank on the street. And it was 14, I think they, they paid just uh, under $14 million for it on, um, I'm, I'm not going down. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and and they, just, they just bought that, I think, last year. They just they just purchased that. So I don't know if, if there's tenants in there. They have to evict those guys and put low income housing in in there. I don't know how that works. Yeah, they're gonna renovate. It's five stories. It should yeah. be fine. You know? Yeah. So they, they they started 
uh, on quite a few. So, and I think it'll just continue now. They need, they need to do this. And uh, so they know it, 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 that's a crisis on its own. Uh, and they're and they're going fast forward with that, which is good. Yeah, and that was the that was the building that was owned by Columbia College, I believe. And now they're turning it into affordable housing units, which is great because even the location you're at basically the bottom of the escarpment, or at least close to going down the Jolly Cut, and uh, which is yeah. close to public transit and the whole bit. So yeah, that that's a great uh, area to build that kind of uh, housing development. Yeah, no, that is awesome. Close to downtown, like the, it's it's yeah. it's it's fantastic. I like the Good Shepherd one, it's a it's a great project. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's switch gears here and talk about uh, offers. And sometimes the simple offers are the best offers. And this kind of makes sense. Tell us why. The cleaner the offer, the better. Uh, when you're going in on an offer presentation and you're representing a buyer, you have to make it uh, as clean as possible. Um, because the first thing, so the one thing that, that the selling agent is looking for is closing date, price, and if there's conditions and what they included. Um, I know when I have a buyer and they're putting an offer on a house and we're competing, first thing I ask is what's the dream closing date? And they give it to me. I said, guess what? That's what we're going to put down. Appliances. Uh, I see, you know, is that included depending on price? Okay. We're going to go high and make sure, you know, that the number on the, on the, uh, the appliances, it's amazing. People will pay, Tens of thousands of dollars for appliances, which they can go to any, the brick or Leon or yeah, Goldman yeah. and, and buy them for like $1,500, but they'll pay $10,000 with a purchase of a higher price. But I guess, I understand. I understand. Um, but the key thing is, as clean as possible. Closing date, price, deposit, and uh, are the key factors that we look for. When, when we get several offers, like 30 offers, there's two piles. The piles and the two piles start from lowest to highest, the lowest to highest on conditions and lowest to highest on cash offers. Now we look at the highest price on cash offers. We try to, you know, interview the agent and say, Hey, listen, tell us about your client. And the ones with the condition with the highest offer. And uh, we talk to them and say, Hey, listen, you're higher than the cash offer. Is your client willing to take the condition out? And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. It just depends because like a lot of times, People feel like, you know what, is the agent telling us the truth or not? We just want to put it in there. We just want to put the condition in there. We just want to protect ourselves. But now when they know they're in the running, if they know they're in the running and say, hey, listen, you take the condition out, this deal can be yours because you're the highest offer. If not, we're going to the cash offer. It might be, it could be 10,000 less or 20,000 less, but we're going to go with that. So, So that person has to make a decision on the spot right there do we take it out and you know roll the dice and you know but as long as they've done their homework their agent's done their homework so yeah we like we like to clean offers but also going back to what we talked about earlier with the deposit we want to make sure the deposit is strong and what i do a lot of times when i'm holding offers for my clients is ask the uh, potential buyers are bringing bids to bring in a copy of the deposit so they have it on hand should we accept their offer. So that's a key one so that we know once we accept their offer and we have the deposit literally the same day, we know that's a good deal because we've now accepted the best offer and we can feel uh, good that it's firm. Okay, so that's where we want to get to that firm status right away. Yeah, and the other thing is uh, a realtor who's representing them. That makes a big difference. Uh, also, because reputation, reputation, sometimes if we recognize uh, a, a realtor that we've done a lot of deals in the past 
Um, we may, you know, it helps. It, it, it helps a lot. Representation. And uh, we'll say, hey, listen, we've done a lot of deals with this agent. You know what? Let's let's sit and talk to him because we know he does his homework. He does everything. That's important, too. So I, I got a great buyer right now. I'm putting an offer in today. So we saw this house in rural Lancaster. It's listed for eight ninety nine, and they're holding offers. So, you know, they, I've sold their house so we can go in their cash, uh, no conditions. And we're going to probably go, you know, I got a hundred grand over asking. Was it going to cut it or not? I don't know in this market, right? But but that's the situation we're right in. Clean offers, cash, and deposit in hand is what I'm going to be recommending. And you're part of the golfy team, so that helps a lot. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wish me luck. That's the trump card. So when you're looking at these two piles, you have pile one listed low to high uh, regarding conditions, and pile number two low to high in terms of price when it comes to cash offers. Does the conditions pile trump the cash offers pile? Um, no, unless they're willing to get removed their condition. If they're, if they're a higher price, if they're priced higher than the cash offer, we will go to the, to the, uh, conditional, uh, pile and say, if you take your conditional, it's your deal. Right. We want to get the highest cash offer and as, uh, possible. as possible. Yeah. You don't want to take a condition while you got 10, 20, 30 offers on this house. And even like, I mean, I, I've had a, a property where, uh, you know, we had a, a property that had 34, 50,000 higher, but they had conditions in there and, you know, we they tried to remove them. We, yeah, they didn't want to remove it. And then, and we try to bump up the cash offer, see if we can get, they didn't want to bump it up. So, but we did go with the cash offer, even though the other one was higher because we didn't want to risk home inspection or ca- uh, 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 finance. Uh, finance, all that kind of stuff. So that's it. Are, are we seeing more and more potential buyers waiving conditions so they can get the house that they want? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty scary. I, I mean, like, like people are like home inspectors are almost going out of business right now. And, uh, just because there, there's no, uh, nobody's putting a home inspection clause and, uh, also finance clause. They're not, they're not being put in. There's like, always a little bit of risk with, uh, eliminating the finance clause. We've seen, especially if you're overpaying and then all of a sudden the appraiser has to go in there. And if they appraise that thing lower than what you, uh, bought it for, then there's going to be subject to having to increase your deposit or down payment. And that can get a little tricky. So you got to be a little careful with that situation. We, we had one, we had one last week that appraised uh, 50,000 uh, less than what the, the, the buyers uh, paid. Mm-hmm. So we're in, I, I, actually I got to update uh, the story on that next week, maybe find out if we got another appraiser on that and see if we can convince the appraiser like say, Hey, listen, maybe you overlook something that, you know, but, uh, but it is a risk. It is a risk. There's no doubt when you go in cash because you got to better hope it, it appraises on the same, same time too. For those who want to keep their conditions, is there a certain uh, kind of condition that can throw a deal off, i.e., uh, hey, listen, I'll buy the home as long as the home seller, uh, I don't know, cleans the carpets, shampoos the carpets, or makes uh, you know everything crystal clean, and the home seller might think, well, wait a minute, my, my house is clean. Um, sometimes people will, you know, they, they say, keep it in a good, uh, broom swept, uh, way when they take possession. Sometimes they may say, yeah, if you, that carpet clean the carpets before we move in, not a problem. It's, it's all about price. Spending a, a couple hundred dollars on one little thing or another little thing is not a big deal for clients. They have no problem. They'll, they'll go with that to say, Hey, listen, we're going to give you this much money. We're going to do this, do this for you. But we want to make sure that uh, you've got a carpet cleaner in there the day that uh, we take possession or the day before so that 
we have a nice clean carpet going that's in. That's typical on the leases for sure. Yeah. On the regular purchase, we have the broom swept and removal of all the junk and debris of the house. So that's got to be kind of a standard clause that most people will have, which is, again, pretty, pretty uh, easy to do. Got about a minute to uh, jump into our latest topic here, and that is evicting a tenant for personal use of property. We'll segue into our next uh, segment as well. Um, are, are we seeing more and more of this during the pandemic? Is tenants thinking they kind of own the property when, in fact, they're just renting? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a situation like that, Rick. I can talk to you about when we get back from the break. But same. Uh, I had a buy, um, sorry, a seller that had a tenant in there that they were having a hard time for the last year kind of moving out because they want to sell the house. So um, what we had to do is uh, go out there and, and try to negotiate them to sign an N12, which would uh, mean that they wanted to sell the house and they would pay them or compensate them for leaving at a specific date. But we'll, we'll talk more about the story after the break. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You can listen to our show through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. More of the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, next on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin here on the line once again. Rob Golfy and Lou Tallarico, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. You'll be calling Hamilton's first ever real estate team to sell 1,000 homes in a year, 905-575-7700. RobGolfi.com is the website, RobGolfi.com. And follow the Golfi team on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send them an email as well with a topic idea or a question. Questions at RobGolfi.com is the email address. Still to come, some crazy real estate facts that we'll get to. But back to the eviction of tenants. Uh, some tenants, as we heard during our, uh, yeah, during our uh, previous segment just before the break, are um, not very willing to vacate a property thinking that, uh, hey, I'm here, I kind of own the place, but really they don't. So let's talk more about N12s and this uh, situation that many people are finding themselves in. Yeah, like I was saying, Rick, the, uh, the sellers that I had were out of town, so they were really trying to get these tenants out here in, Ham- in a Hamilton home. So they was, uh, there was a situation where they've asked them to leave, they've given them an offer to leave, but they've kind of hemmed and hawed. But unless you have something signed by them, verbal agreements don't mean anything, okay? So they finally said, okay, let's try to get them to sign off on something that says they're going to leave, and I helped them with that. It was actually, an N12 would be once they sell the property, and then the new buyer would take that on as a, a resident there, and they'd have to be forced to leave. But this is a situation where you try to get the house vacant so that we can sell the house. The, that's an N11, and what we did is we, we made it an offer, right? So a couple months' rent is typically what you do, or two or three months' rent depends, but you get them to sign off on If you leave by this date, we're going to give you this amount of money as you leave the door. So they signed this. I helped them get it signed. You know, I, I was like, you know, almost an intermediary. 
And so they sign up November 30th, they're going to leave. What happens November 30th? They didn't leave. What happens? They said, okay, December for uh, December 30th, they said they're going to leave for sure. They didn't leave. They just literally left. And then in the interim, we did put their house for sale and we sold it. And they're leave, actually vacating the property this week. Um, so we actually ended up having them um, call a sheriff on them. And we got a sheriff to go in there on uh, this earlier this week and get them vacated. So they did not feel like they were going to move. They went to the very last minute. We thought they weren't going to move. They feel like they are like rights to stay there because they don't have a place to go or whatever. They had lots of time to find something and they may have now, but the situation is tenants don't feel like they need to leave and it's terrible. They, they thought they had uh, the rights. They, they're, they're probably hoping to take the money, the offer that they got to, to, to leave, which they had no problem signing. And uh, so on the day to leave, they, 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 left, they, they, they basically said, you know, give us another month. So they were, they were pushing it. They were pushing the, the system but but the reason the thing is they actually signed that uh, document. Thank goodness they signed that document, and we got you know with the city of Hamilton, you call a sheriff once they've signed that, and you bring the sheriff in there, and they got in there, and they were given the the right act saying, you don't vacate today, you're trespassing, you'll be put to you know you'll be arrested. So that day they finally left when the sheriff showed up, which kind of saved the day because the house has to be sold with vacant possession, and now they have that. So it all worked out. But yeah, it, it's a struggle when you have tenants. You have to be very very careful and make sure you understand the process, dot your I's, cross your T's, and have all your documents uh, lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough out there. I get it. You know, looking for, um, looking for um, an apart, uh, a place to live is tough. I, I, I had, when I had property there in the East End, um, they're paying $1,800 a month for, for a decent house in the East End. The one tenant says, well, can we, can we reduce the uh, tenancy from, t- uh, I think it was uh, two years to one year? I said, no problem. And as the pandemic was going, they're realizing he probably started looking for a place to, to move. He realized he actually has a cheap place. It's cheap. And uh, so anyway, never, never, uh, never called me back. He's been there uh, pretty close to, uh, I think he's going out uh, close to his second year so. Yeah, what but, they realize is that, like, yeah, they, it's not like this is a big corporation that has them in, a, in this place that they, they want to leave them stranded. These are people that own this little house that need to sell it for whatever reason. They have obligations that they need to, and they want to sell their house and have to have it vacant. I mean, yeah. that's life. And I'm, and we're not trying to be, you know, crude to these people that, you know, are, are renting from you, but it's just like, this is life. People buy and sell homes and they should have the right to do that. Yeah. It's, and you it's know, you, you know, tough. you know, Rick, it's, uh, it, it is tough. Um, you know, like people buy uh, investment properties and they rent them out and sometimes it becomes a nightmare for some people. Sometimes it's good to get a management com- company to, uh, to take care of it. It just depends on the person. But, um, but yeah, th- what we're going through right now is tough because it's hard to find a rental property right now. Very tough. If, if you do find one, it's going to be probably four to $500 more than what you're paying now. So that's why nobody wants to leave. And, and, and another thing is if you own a small apartment building, you got to keep the rents going because that apartment building or like it could be a fourplex or a sixplex. If the rents are, aren't continuously going up in values and sorry for the renters, the building, the building value will come down. Hmm. It's not going to sell as much because of, of the amount of rent. So you have to keep giving the one or 2% increases every year to keep that building value strong. So when you decide to sell it down the road, you will get uh, good money for it. 
When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about homelessness in this community and some crazy real estate facts. That's coming up next on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. One more go around here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Lou Tallarico, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. If you want to sell your home or you're in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, 905 575 7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob G O L F I. Com. We have some crazy real estate facts to get to in a matter of minutes. But before that, homelessness in this community, uh, whether it's youth homelessness, uh, adult homelessness, at the end of the day, people are not inside homes. Our shelter system is jam-packed. We're still in a pandemic. We're seeing these uh, homeless encampments in town being dismantled. These people are trying to get uh, stay warm in these ice-cold conditions uh, during this winter. Uh, it's really tragic to see, isn't it? It is. And, and there's, and there's a lot of young people out there that didn't have a really, you know, they're having a tough time living at home, not a really good upbringing and they need to get out. Uh, sometimes it starts off from, from even being in high school for some of these kids. Cause they, they, it, you know, the stress of being home, the stress of school, stress of everything else. And all of a sudden now they're homeless, but then, you know, and then again, it, it's people have uh, diseases that uh, sometimes people ignore you know, from alcohol, mental and drugs and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I feel bad for, for these people um, because, you know, people kind of push them or brush them on the side and they should, they, and they really need, they need help. Yeah, you man. know, I actually, um, sorry, mental Luke, awareness uh, day this week. I'm not sure if you, you know, dolls, uh, mental wellness day. Yeah. I mean, th- those are real diseases. I mean, you see a lot of even now, you know, like Carrie Price and, and, and professional athletes coming out and suggesting that, you know, they have some, some mental illness. So we got to be very careful with all of these people because, yeah, you have the uh, the means to kind of deal with that uh, at that level. But there's a lot of people that are on the streets of Hamilton now, which I've never seen so many that are struggling right now. And I'm sure that's part of it is, is, uh, is, is some of the illnesses that they go through in, in their mind. So, you know, we definitely feel for those people. Yeah, well, there's shortages of everything right now. I mean, everything's getting dropped. Everything, like like governments are dropping all different, uh, you know, care of uh, their budgets, and, and they're dropping all these uh, things that they had before, so it's becoming even more difficult. Yeah. So we're, I, we're, we're feeling bad for those people. I always say if you have the financial wherewithal to do so, uh, you know, scope out a an organization that helps youth homelessness or homelessness in general in this community, donate some money to them because they're doing some amazing work in this community. Let's uh, finish off on a, a lighter note, and that is some crazy real estate facts. So I have some questions for you, too, and uh, whether or not you get them right or not is not the point, but it is a lot of fun here. So first off, we'll start with what city on this planet is built on ships? I had no idea this was a thing. 
what city on this planet is built on ships? Yeah. I think it's in the in the eight, uh, no? East. I would have guessed East. Venice, but apparently that's not true. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I would say uh, some. I, I would say somewhere in the uh, uh, around Japan, someplace. There's got to be out there that they're building. Lou, do you have a guess? A city. Lou. Yeah, no, I would say the same thing. Somewhere in that, um, like the like Southeast Asia, yeah, somewhere down there, where yeah. they uh, put together. Um, what's the uh, What's the answer for the, that? Rick? The answer is San Francisco. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So they they build. They they built on sunken ships. The they built the city on sunken ships in the Bay Area. Wow. That, that's. In the bay on sunken ships. Yeah, that's so they wild. just park them over there and just start uh, welding uh, <laughs> started, foundations. Started infilling and away they go. Away they went. All right, number two. Wow. How small is the smallest house in Great Britain? So this is how 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 small is the smallest house that's in Great Britain feet? in terms of how wide it is? So I bet you less. I bet you. I bet you it's six feet wide by uh, maybe uh, twenty feet deep, the most. Yeah. I was in Toronto with, <laughs> like, I could put my arms wide and I'm touching <laughs> side to side. Yeah, 72 inches wide. That is the smallest wow. that house. Six in feet? That, six that's six feet. Yeah. Wait, how, so six feet wide? Wow. Yeah, I guess that's the minimum. That's yeah. that. <laughs> I guess that's the minimum in the world. <laughs> yeah. So, wow, no kidding. What did... So, you're, so a, a, a guy my size is good. Okay, what's you, the next you'd, one? You'd fit in, yeah. What did Teddy Roosevelt officially name the White House? The White House? No. He named it the White House. He no. did not. The executive <laughs> residence, executive mansion, or the people's house. Uh, we got oh, about, the people's uh, house. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. We yeah. got, we got yeah. about a minute here. Cool. Uh, what were the first realtors called? The first realtors <laughs> Keep it clean, guys. The, Keep it clean. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, okay. Uh, agent? House. House sellers, house sellers, house agents. They were advisors. called. They were called curb stoners because when a house oh was for God. sale, they would rush over, put up a big sign on the lawn, and sit on the curb from nine a.m. to nine p.m., ushering prospective buyers in for an inspection, like an open house. And last one for you because we got to run. Wow. What celebrity has a driveway that's actually a runway? Oh, uh, John Travolta. You are right. Uh, there you go. <laughs> you win. You win the Rob Golfie of the Week prize. There you go. This is. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Thanks. thanks I, I want to give it back to the kids. There you go. Uh, thank Don't you. Thank you to yeah. Rob and Lou, and thank you for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at nine on nine hundred CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program, unless otherwise identified. The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the view and policies of 900 CHML.